Hey, how's it going, Champagne Sharks? Hope everyone's doing well. Just wanted to uh, do some quick house cleaning, let people know. Go to ChampagneSharks.com and you get access to all the links related to Champagne Sharks. You can go there and find it all. And you can find where we are on social media, our products, all that stuff. Also, Patreon benefits, which includes Discord server, book club night, movie night discussions, show notes, newsletter, and most importantly, bonus episodes. So definitely become a patron for $5 a month at patreon.com forward slash champagne sharks. And without further ado, here is the episode. Take care. Hey, hey, champagne sharks. How's it going? Uh, Pull behind a little bit, but we're playing catch up. We're back up in this. Uh, Yeah, so it's T. Um, Yeah, you can only find me on champagne sharks, I guess. Uh, You can go on Instagram and and find us there, champagne sharks on Instagram. And we're on TikTok. I don't, I'm not update either of those. I kind of want to get social media. Yeah, yeah. It was like two posts on TikTok, but maybe we could start updating it. I don't know. It's like um, TikTok scares me, man. People are just really. Every social media site is scary in its own way. And TikTok is its own. TikTok is a lot more genuine entertainment and skits. So it redeems itself in a way Twitter doesn't. Because Twitter now is just 100% craziness. Whereas TikTok, there's some really weird craziness. But then someone has a lot of funny creative skits and everything. But uh, I want to mess around with this stuff and try to figure out um, if any of it is worth is worth using. If anyone has any advice on on uh, what they'd like to see on places like Instagram or what do people do? What do people use Instagram for, actually, guys? And Nothing. yeah, uh, tell people who you are, <laughs> by the way. Oh, yeah, this is Kenny. What's up? You can find me. On Twitter at Victory Slap forty seven hundred. Uh, <laughs> Your names be so funny, it. man. <laughs> <laughs> There's a meaning behind that. All of that. The forty seven hundred is the block I come from. That's why I was raised. If you're from the Portland area, you know about that block. And the Victory Slap is just a play on words with Victory Lap. So <laughs> yeah, no, I'm saying, but you had so many accounts, and they always have such <laughs> different names for each other. They're always funny, right? That's right. And Mario, you can catch me on Twitter at MD Mill seventy nine, and uh, I don't. Really want you guys having my Instagram, so I won't give that out. <laughs> yeah, no, you don't need to be following me on Instagram because I ain't, I ain't looking at on nothing on there but booty cheeks. So don't even. Yeah, there you well, go. Leave me well, alone there. When Instagram launched, I remember it was really about the photos. Remember, remember they didn't even have video yet. And oh yeah, hell yeah. I feel like adding video and shorts and everything has made it something that it's it's addictive, but it's. Too many different things to too many people. It's very interesting. Like three, four people can have Instagram and use it in like in totally different ways. Like I just use it now to um, get um, restaurant and cafe ideas, uh, places to try in New York, and uh, for exercise ideas. You know, but someone else can look at it to just look at booty cheeks. Some people. Yeah, yeah. I, w- I was joking. I mean, I use Instagram for recipes. There's a guy on Instagram called uh, Royal Eats. Man, this dude's recipes are off the hook. You know what I mean? They're they're kind of high end. You know content as far as like salt sugar so it's not something you want to be cooking uh all the time but some of his stuff is, is really rich but it's really good and then also um instagram is the only place you can find out if music is coming out you know yeah, there's nobody the, makes there's no music yeah, there's no commercials or, or anything like that so i use it to make sure when i know when certain music is coming out or shoes or whatever you know stuff like that yeah there's a couple of instagram pages that i check out um <clears throat> they put oldies and stuff on there. there's one yeah. that they tell you uh who sampled who and then yeah. they 
they'll yeah. play the, yeah. the oldest version and then they'll play the hip hop song or whatever. Mm-hmm. And you can, and I found some some music on there that I wasn't aware of, man. So it's been real cool for me to kind of check that page out. Then and, the uh, 80s kid, you know about the 80s kid, right? The guy that makes the music that... that uh, I love that. Ch- yeah, I love that uh, that Instagram channel. Yeah. Oh, it's called Which 80s one? with sunglasses or 80s kids sunglasses or something. Yeah, like that. yeah. I love that channel, man. <laughs> I love that the, page. He makes these videos where the music is like straight from Beverly Hills Cop too, dude. Like some straight up 80s sounding shit. He uses like a Triton keyboard and shit. It's pretty right. Cool. So what he'll, what he'll do T is he'll set it up by saying something like, um, you're a detective on the way to the warehouse for the shootout with the bad guys or something like that. And then he sets up the music soundtrack around that scenario. So, you know, you're thinking about that. And then while the music is playing, it's just very 80s. Um, action movie theme. It's really like good. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it job, you yeah. straight up either Beverly Hills Cop or uh, what was it? Miami, Miami Vice. Vice. Yeah. 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 All the 80s flicks, man. Okay, I found, I think I found them. It sounds it sounds pretty cool. Yeah, it's like, um, it, it's pretty interesting. Like, I feel like Instagram is very versatile in a way that uh, you can use it for the most toxic stuff on earth. If you just want to sit up and uh, look at like gossip and those things yeah. like say cheese and baby loud you can do that all day but if you want to have positive stuff like exercise recipes um just funny skits you know yeah. it's a yeah it's pretty versatile if you don't want to see if you don't want to see drama you don't have to yeah and, and, like, and you if really, all, you really don't and, have to and if all you want to see is drama you, you can do you can do that as well yep. it's just uh yep. it could be whatever whatever you want um but uh yeah i feel like yeah. instagram does a better job of uh showing you what you want you know what i'm saying yeah. their, their filter what do you call it their algorithm is is pretty decent um, what do people use facebook for now is Facebook Fam- still popular? Family stuff. Facebook is essentially becoming a long form version of Twitter, which I thought would never happen, but it's wow. happening. Um, that's not so, good. So, so, so people are putting on their crazy hot takes and stuff? They're doing the hot takes, but they're doing them, you know, they got three paragraphs to lay out the hot take mm. <laughs> instead of 200 here. <laughs> Oh my God! Um, so there's a couple of things we could talk about. I know one thing was the whole serial killer. Uh, a lot of people like that one, by the way. A lot of people also like anything to do with the history of LA. People have been asking for more of that, more of that. But um, you know, one thing about the serial killer thing, um, I never realized how many black serial killers there were. That's really the main thing white black people should love to say to white people, like uh, y'all got those serial killers. But it's like I don't know, man. We've been trying to play some catch up lately. <laughs> so, yeah. It's some strange, some strange we were, we were, you know, we were hiding in plain sight. I mean, um, and, you know, me and Mario talked about this, like in a black neighborhood, black community in the 80s. You know what I'm saying? Speaking of L.A., probably not just L.A., probably uh, Houston, uh, New York City, places like that. Even though New York City had way more people and way more more concentration back then. But I guarantee you, you know, I always look at L.A. as, the, as that because L.A. is like the, um, you know, you remember the movie uh, They Live with Rowdy Piper and Keith Day? David. Yeah. Like in, in They Live, when it's not until you put the shades on, you see the bullshit. You know what I'm saying? LA, from the outside looking in, you see palm trees and, you know, the beach and you see Muscle Beach and all this kind of shit. But then when you put the glasses on, that's when you start seeing like, oh, it's some fucking, like what I tell you, Mario, there's at least 20 serial killers walking around LA and people don't even fucking know about it. You know what I'm saying? Like, as crazy as that sounds. But it makes a lot of sense because in a place like LA, you got drifters there, you got this 
you know, people coming from anywhere and everywhere. You know what I'm saying? You don't know what people are doing, you know, um, especially at that time in a black community where you had this exploding uh, gang violence, the, the 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 severity of it at that time. We talked in 19, what was it, 1984, 83? The severity of the gang violence, the crack epidemic going on at the same time. You got the police just beating and knocking over any nigga they can. You know what I'm saying? Like, who cares? Really? Like, who would care? Nobody cares about this area, this community, this group of people. They're left to die. They've been rendered useless. And I'm sure it's the same thing in New York at the time, in Brooklyn and Queens and all these different areas. When we hear these stories now about these major kingpins in New York City, and they all said, one thing I noticed about a lot of people that lived in New York City that do these interviews at that time, they always say the same thing. Oh, yeah, the police knew that there was something going on. There used to be uh, cheese lines long down the street where people were selling drugs. So it's like another community of people just render useless, you know what I mean? Left to die. You know, nobody cared about what was going on in New York City at that time. You know, you hear people talk about 42nd Street, um, Times Square and how raggedy it used to be. Nobody cared, you know? You know, so it's like, now I can't speak for Chicago. I can't speak, but, you know, I can't speak for Miami and New Orleans, but I'm sure it was pretty much the same thing. So you know, you was black getting away, killing people and get away with it. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. Cause, um, yeah. Who would really care? Like, like what was who happening? Really with, uh, but he, what was the name of that, that guy again? I'm really drawing a blank. Though. Samuel Little. No, yeah. no Sam, wait, no, 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 no. You're talking about uh, the Grim Sleeper, right? Yeah. 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 The Grim Sleeper. A lot of people, um, like that, like that episode. And then I found out after that, he, Lonnie, uh, Lonnie Franklin, Lon, Lonnie Franklin Jr. Yeah. I found out after that, he, uh, Came, came for that boxer yeah yeah she beat the hell out of him yeah yeah it's fucking uh crazy man Dude. yeah uh her, her name was um what was her name and i remember i seen a documentary on her frida 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 gibbs frida gibbs frida gibbs and she yeah. she was talking about how when she learned how to fight her uncle was a um, a black belt yeah and he would put the, the the door key to the dojo at the end of the mat and she had to get past him to get to the key yeah and he was straight fuck her up <laughs> but, yeah <laughs> uh, yeah yo you know it's crazy when i first heard that uh um the famous frida gibbs was a uh a survivor of the group steeper i saw it written down uh i think you sent said it in a text and i thought i said freddie gibbs i was like what freddie gibbs <laughs> i was like freddie gibbs was fucking no freddie gibbs attacked. got other problems going on <laughs> yeah i was like first of all, the age doesn't line up but right well he do look like an old motherfucker but you never know <laughs> yeah but, but i was like i thought he went after women like what that's fucking random as hell and then i said oh it's freedom gibbs yeah free to give <laughs> that'd have been a good twist like <laughs> the one guy he tried to kill was Fred gibbs <laughs> You know what? I'm not even gonna lie. I'm not even gonna lie. I thought they said Freddie Gibbs at first too. <laughs> I was like, was that motherfucker even alive at that time? Like, Freddie Gibbs beat up the Grim Sleeper. God damn! What can't this nigga do? Motherfucker was three years old when that shit was doing. <laughs> Roddy chopping like a motherfucker. That's funny. Yeah, and also, where's Freddie Gibbs from too? Because he wouldn't even line up with He's the like area. Gary, Indiana, or something like that. Yeah. 
<laughs> that nigga. <laughs> he was living next door to Michael Jackson and shit. <laughs> Motherfucker living next door to Michael Jackson. He, he wasn't even in LA at the time. That's hilarious. Yo, I straight thought I straight thought that you did say Freddie Gibbs at first. I just let it go. <laughs> <laughs> like man, Kenny over there tripping again, man. <laughs> no, you go, you go next at three in the morning go. on them crackhead hours again. <laughs> <laughs> Nah, you know how um, I just self-corrected. You know what I'm saying? I was like, okay, that ain't what that ain't what that was. Let me read it carefully. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even ask about it because I'm like, I know that's not no damn Freddie. <laughs> oh man, you know, um, oh, thank you. Yeah, you know what's crazy is uh, there's there's all this stuff happening um, with like Tina Turner dying and uh, Jim Brown dying that, that we were talking about. What I think I find pretty interesting is how people, when they want to believe something, they just make up lies on the spot. So a lot of people are saying um, because it came up that Tina Turner was anti-black. Some people were accusing, oh, trying to cancel Tina Turner and everything. But I mean, I think information is information. Like, uh, yeah. Yeah. What's, yeah. If you can bring up all the good things about somebody when they die, why can't you bring up the bad stuff? It's part of the the person. No one's saying, at least let me rephrase, I'm not saying you can't like Tina Turner. I like her music and whatever, but uh, history is history. Let people, you know, like, I don't think people should um, never let people recover for something. Like, if somebody changes, like, for example, if she had like renounced certain things or changed and people want to keep bringing up her past. Then I'm like, okay, you know, leave that person alone. Like they haven't done anything, but I mean, she, I've been hearing messed up stories about her being anti-black, you know, from like recent stuff even. Um, oh, damn. Yeah. So it's even like, as an old woman. Yeah. Yeah. Like I heard some kind of story from somebody. And again, this is all speculation. You don't know if it's true, but somebody um, told me that their cousin worked in a bank that Tina Turner, uh, it's an American bank that Tina Turner um, uses when she's in America. And all the black tutters used to be uh, scared when she came in and hope not to get her because she would yeah. be hell on the black um, uh, tutters. And these are black female tutters because, you know, a lot of times, this is an example of what I mean by saying people just make up stories, make those like some, like some thing. I've heard, I've seen ADOS people who want to defend her say stuff like, or, you know, FBA, whatever you want to call it. Uh, yeah, she only hated uh, Africans, you know. Uh, she hated tethers, you know, but she didn't. Uh, uh, she was fine. They, they, they automatically made her a part of a group. <laughs> she yeah, yeah, made, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So they made up these, these, these distinctions, but. Uh, Whoopi Goldberg said that she said she didn't want to fuck with black shit, period. She didn't differentiate. Yeah. She had that one quote about Africans. So they gave themselves peace by saying, oh, she didn't hate black people. She just hated Africans. But then Whoopi Goldberg was like, uh, no, she said that she just didn't want to fuck with any black movies or black shit or whatever and whatever. And then. And that sounds more believable because, yeah. you know, uh, black people, we don't do all this compartmentalizing in real life. That's some shit that only happens online. If you ain't fucking with something, you ain't going dif- to differentiate. It ain't like you're going to go and at the store hey man you, you from africa or you from brooklyn which one you know what i'm saying motherfuckers say you from brooklyn with a with an african accent <laughs> you know what i'm saying like it, it doesn't even make any sense you know what i'm saying but I, I look at it like this i believe that all people i don't have to tell you guys this you guys are old enough to know nobody's perfect and all people have has have uh some type of transgression whether you want to talk about malcolm x we were you want to talk about james brown you want to talk about france fanon like these people have done something that they weren't proud of Malcolm X was a pimp, okay? He was a pimp. He did drugs, 
sold drugs, robbed people, all kinds of shit. Now, the reason why Malcolm X is more accepting, it's more accepted for Malcolm X to be that because he told you he did it. You know what I'm saying? He told you, hey, before you, before you say anything about me, let me tell you what I did. OK, but everybody else. And it's not like they was hiding it. I don't believe that James Brown or anything was hiding anything they did. Hell, we saw James Brown high on PCP on TV. OK, so <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So at the end of the day, I don't think it was anything that was hidden. It's just that that's, you know, it's just the, the life they was living. You know what I'm saying? Let them live. That's why they say don't make heroes out of talented people, man. Right. You just never really know what the deal is with them. You know? Right. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like I was saying, like we were talking off the air and about the, the you know, the rumor about uh, Tina Turner shooting somebody when she lived in Windsor Hills. Maybe she did. I don't know the circumstances because I wasn't there. You know what I'm saying? But does that does that put a blemish on her because she got into a situation with Randy Jackson and all these, you know, all this Hollywood shit going on? I mean, if you killed somebody, that's a little different. <laughs> that's, that's a little different than, uh, you know, some personality flaws. Smoking a little bit of crack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that being mean to bank tellers is one thing, you know. Yeah, yeah, but but you know what's funny with the whole um making up stories thing, right? Um the ADOS person who was um getting saying, Oh, uh, it's a bunch of tether Bible people, it's a tether's mad because you hated Africa. But someone pointed out it says about black people. This is what I fucking hate. Like people can't just be like, Oh, my bad impossible online you, you can't do that so people are like well that was just how people thought back so, so wait a minute is it that she's just bashing africans so it's okay or is it that um everyone thought that way so now it's fine you know you know like like you can't change the story or the standards halfway through so now you're admitting that she thought that way even though before you said that she only thought that way about africans now you're admitting she thought that way about all black people but now you're saying it's okay because in her and era, know, but but we know that was that's all bullshit because that was during the, what the color purple, which is what in nineteen eighty four. Yeah, uh, but he, he, exactly. But he was trying to say that everybody born in her era thought that way about uh, black people who, was, who was black. Yeah, it's bullshit. It's so, cool bullshit, especially during that time because even at that time, I mean, how old is Spike Lee? Uh, he's 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 in the seventies, right? I don't think so. I think he's approaching six. Actually, actually, you're probably right. Let me let me check. I think Spike Lee is either either in his 70s or close to his 70s. So he's around the same age or a little bit younger than Tina Turner. You look. I don't at think he's that movie. old. I want to say the 60s. How old is he? Oh, 66. Okay, yeah, he, he's closer 66. to 70. He's closer to 70 than I thought. Damn. Time so Spike Lee fine. made the movie School Days, and what was the T-shirt they had on the movie? It was an anti. Um, Apartheid. Um, apartheid. So see, but, don't see but, see, but what that guy would try to say is he would try to say, "Oh, Spike Lee is twenty years younger than Tina Get Turner." Okay, <laughs> I'm, I'm not agreeing with him, but I'm saying I'm not. Then people why did then why didn't Spike Lee's parents put that anti-African stuff in his mind? Because we yeah. all feed our children what we believe. But, but you see, he, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, yeah, but but also it's just funny how he just changes it. Like when when they when they show that oh he, he was talking about everybody, uh, then it's like uh, because if everybody her age thought that way about black people, then why did you even start off the debate saying that she was only talking about African people? You know, mm -hmm. you would have automatically assumed that black people were included, but you started off saying oh the tethers are mad because she hated Africans. You know, um, so you you yourself. 
thought that she liked uh, black people. So you yourself clearly don't believe you don't everybody believe of her age yeah. range um, yeah. just hated just hated black people. You just don't want to admit you're wrong. So you just keep changing the stories. And people are like, no, that's not true. There are people Tina Turner's age who are saying, like, bitch, you're bugging. Like, what are you talking about? Yeah, what are you, you know? talking about? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And then um, there was like a, some people saying, oh, she didn't hate black people. She only hated black men because of what Ike did. I'm like, wait, where's your proof? You can't, that might be true, but you can't just say shit because you want it to be true. Like you need to have some kind of evidence. Like, you, you, you can't know? say that because you hate black men. <laughs> yeah, ex- yeah, exactly. And, and the teller story shows that she was not isolating. You know, if that teller story is true, it shows she's not isolating black men like she was hell on uh black women too. Like, like people period yeah yeah but you know there's so many headcanon stories like serious people made in their head that they just treated as fact to explain what they wanted to believe you know so so it became, when, you, when you see that that same interview with tina turner talking about how africa is lazy the people there she didn't say tina turner didn't say the the african men are lazy she said africans so that's everybody that's men women and children you're lazy okay that's what she said but then we listen to what she says about europe man she oh, didn't yeah. fuck with black people period oh yeah she loved europe man she yeah. she talked about how bad food was in africa she didn't oh, really yeah. have a good time she said the crowd wasn't energized like she said a lot of stuff man so yeah, uh, her face lit up i saw that clip i, I like yeah. i saw that clip man and uh yeah she's she's a piece of work man yeah i don't know you know what i'm saying you know uh for a lot of black people that have self-hate issues you know what i'm saying uh that comes from somewhere. You know what I'm saying? That didn't come from because she was getting into it with Ike. You know what I'm saying? That came from somewhere yeah. else. You know, wherever it came from, you know, unfortunately, she threw all black people under the bus. You know what I'm saying? Like, if she could have it her way, there'd be the police at the, the door of the funeral ready to whoop your black ass if you tried to come in there. <laughs> well, you know, uh, that's one of the things that Ike Turner was saying. He said, hey, man, you know, because see, a lot of people think that that movie is the, the you know, Bar for bar, what happened in their relationship? It's ninety percent fake, right? But everybody thinks that, like everybody talks about that damn movie, like as if that's me how and T, me and T before we started recording. Me and T was talking, and I said the narrative has become the story. Like right. we don't, we have an entire generation, maybe two generations of black people that don't even know Tina Turner's music, but they right. know that movie. You know that movie, yeah, yeah. So the thing is, man, is that Ike Turner came out and said one time, he said, hey, man, look, that movie, that shit was bull. And I'm paraphrasing. That movie was bullshit, man. He said, that woman is not what is portrayed to y'all. That's what he said. Like, she ain't that. So his, but nobody wanted to hear his, his, what he had to say about it because, you know. His own kids didn't come out and said his own kids even said like the only reason why the movie was even able to be made is because when Ike went to prison he signed his rights away and they said that even when Tina Turner when they finished the movie or was making the movie there were certain things in the movie that Tina Turner knew wasn't real but Hollywood pressured her to put in the movie to sell the movie so the rape scene is fake the cake scene is fake there's a lot of stuff in there that in the movie that never happened even their own kids agreed that it never happened you know what i'm saying but they understood that there was nothing i could do because he signed his rights away mm-hmm. well hey when you sign your rights away you know but there was but i mean but this is hollywood you know there's certain scenes in the movie malcolm x that a lot of people said never happened it was fake mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying but you got to kind of sell it to you know do your thing you know they say the 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 um well 
we'll get the alternative version later from Manny Mariable, but they said that a part of a lot of things that happened in the Malcolm X movie wasn't real. You know what I mean? So well, well they say that about the Alex Haley book too. They say Alex yeah. Haley, because uh, Alex Haley uh <laughs> he plays fast and loose with the truth. He was the original uh like the way the social media guys are, but you know, a line for clout. Like Alex Haley was like the, the original. Like I don't know, I don't know how much of Roots was made up and plagiarized and stuff. He did some interesting yeah. stuff, but um because yeah, Malcolm X's story—that's someone else's story. Yeah, he, he, he stole it from like, yeah. But he used to like lie a lot, and uh, he Malcolm X died before the book came out. Yeah. So that gave Alex Haley because Alex Haley really wanted to like be marketable. He, uh, from what I read about him, he was very big into trying to make it and everything, and and um, a lot of people speculate, especially when all his other fudgings of the truth um, came out and everything. They really speculate how much of that book is true because um, now he had free reign. Malcolm can't say, hey, I never told Alex that. So a lot of people think that the sanitization of Malcolm that comes later in the book might be exaggerated to make him a more marketable icon to the mainstream because everyone in the mainstream, they like to focus on how um, he renounced um his views on white people on and was like yeah, white very, very kumbaya. And, you know, yeah. I love white folks. And I do believe to a degree he did soften his stance on that stuff. But um, I'm very sure that Alex Haley played up uh, a lot of it. You know, oh, yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if the story about the white girl was uh, made up, made about, up. The white, about the white girl that he says he, he said that too, but then he regrets it and wishes he could find her uh, to this day to, because uh, I feel like that, I don't know if she ever has, but I don't think that white girl's ever come forward. I feel like she would have. Yeah, yeah, I do too. And that yeah. white person never, that never, I don't think that person ever existed. Yeah, I got to double check to make sure because I'm sure I Googled it before and they can never find find her. But yeah. Um, but that's the way they shaped our education. You know what I'm saying? Our, our education was shaped by the autobiography of Malcolm X. If you're talking about pro-blackness, you know what I'm saying? That was the yeah. only, that's the only piece of um, information that we could pick up where we can get a, a true description because we weren't there. You know, other than that, you get some speeches. I have a vinyl record of a bunch of Malcolm X speeches, but those are just speeches, you know, you, or you see some, there's a lot of interviews on YouTube, but no, there's very few, very few interviews on YouTube of Malcolm X once he came back from Mecca. So majority of the Malcolm X interviews are way before then, you know, mm -hmm. when he was going on CBS and all these when, when the when the quote unquote black Muslims became this thing, the media was because you imagine the way the media is all was all over Black Lives Matter when we didn't know about the scams like in the beginning. You know, that's the way they was on the black Muslims back in the day. But even but probably even more because we were. It was Jim Crow. You know what I'm saying? We still Jim Crow. This is before the Civil Rights Bill. You know, this is before any of that. So you got these black folks that's doing all this, according to white people, this you know crazy behavior. They, you know, what was the name of the program they put on TV? Well, Mike Wallace. Yeah, the hate that hate created or something. Yeah, the hate that hate created. They, that was actually on regular TV. They put that on CBS. Yeah, on the evening news for everybody to watch. You know, Middle America is watching that. You know, man. Speaking of black, speaking of Black Lives Matter, man, I, I, they went bankrupt. Um, <laughs> the other, they had nine million dollars in debt, and it was crazy. Everyone keeps crazy, talking man. about 
Everyone keeps talking about the 90 million, 90 million, 90 million. But something that I think people don't think about enough with that stuff with the 90 million, that's 90 million accounted for since yeah. George Floyd. They yeah. had a good um, four to six year run before that. That 90 million, I think, is very much a minority of the money. They've been in the game since 2014. So everyone yeah. keeps saying, where did the 90 million go? Where did the 90 million go? That that 90 million was just wanna, the last you might two years. Times, you might want to you might want to uh, add another 190 million to that. Yeah, yeah, and it might be even um, conservative because they came up in a stretch of like person after person. Remember Philando Castile, yep. Mike Brown, yep. Yep. Trayvon Martin, and like five other names, and they got it's before it's before George Floyd. Yeah, before George Floyd, you know. So I think George Floyd was one last big push. Yeah. So I almost don't want people to keep saying that 90 million because that 90 million is like, um, so I think is a minority is a fraction. I don't think it's even a majority of what they, what they got at it at all. I think, um, some people speculate it's in like the hundreds of millions, you know? Oh yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah, man. I mean, people yeah. are scamming like a motherfucker, man. Like, you know, it's, and it's unfortunate because at this point now it's like, there is almost, it's like LeBron in his 20th year. You mean, let's just go get a little bit more money. You know what I'm saying? And, <laughs> And the sad thing about it is they're going to fall for it again. White liberals, black people, they're going to fall for it. You know, and like I said, like I said, when you when you bring it up, you have this certain section of people that's that'll say, oh, you just want black women to be poor. What are you talking about? You know, yeah. what I'm saying? I want black women to be poor. So I should have to let I should allow them to treat the community like a church and steal all the resources. Right. What little bit of resources that exist. You know, you what know I'm what's, saying? You know, it's crazy. She got that deal from Warner Brothers to produce all types of content. It's a all around deal. And it was in 2000 and it was when she first when she left Black Lives Matter the first time and she signed this uh, deal they never disclosed the full money in the deal but it said that it did not result in any produced shows according to the New York Post I don't think that's fully true because she did produce that one update to um, Eyes on the Prize, which is basically oh yeah, I remember that uh, yeah. them talking about themselves for an hour and how it, it's and just how that it, it flopped. It flopped and didn't make any money. Yeah, yeah, and it was terrible. It had no actual um, documentary and footage. Like they didn't have to do any real documentary. They just said, "Hey, remember um, the civil rights movement? Well, we're the new superstars," and they just talked about right. themselves. <laughs> And then they brought up uh, black trans people, but in a way that was totally inorganic. Like there was no structure to the thing. It was just uh, we covered it in the episode. Uh, they said uh, black trans people have always been at the forefront of the movement. I said, wait, what? Like, okay, well, can you get some proof? And they said there was a black trans person in eighteen ninety something. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> what? From this just random picked, Negro. You just picked one. one arguably trans person from the 1890s and used it to make this blanket statement. Uh, so it was just... We don't even know if that black person would have called themselves, themselves that. trans. We're talking yeah. about a black person that existed 125 years ago. But also, on, the other thing is that this black person didn't even start any movement. So, like, wait, you're not even backing up what you claim to be backing up. Like, like, like... It was standing outside a barbershop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you you just said that black people, black trans people have been at the forefront or leading black movements from the beginning and not getting credit. Then your one example is not only somebody from 1890-something, but this person wasn't even living, leading uh, any movement. Like They just got arrested or something for um, walking around dressed... Uh, they got arrested it, for walking around being black. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it, was, it, was, it was just weird. It was a very badly... Uh, done 
um, it was, I can't even call it a documentary. It was like a promo reel for all the activists that were currently right. out at the time uh, to talk about themselves and insert themselves into the you know narrative. And I think it kind of sucks that this dead guy's legacy, you know, his um, Eyes on the Prize documentaries now has this epilogue with with, the, with these yahoos on it um because warner owns the right to eyes and the prize and they kind of treat it you know like warner has a bunch of ips they got oh shit we got scooby-doo what can we give it scooby-doo and you know they were doing that shit with like eyes and the prize like we have this black documentary uh what can we do with it so the same way like they had scooby-doo and they're like um hey mindy kaling we have a deal with you uh look at our ip and see if you want to use any of it like they kind of did the same thing but with, like with black history they treated black history like an ip they were like okay we have eyes on the prize we own this uh what can we milk out of this ip and who do we have on the contract um you know so i think she would probably was like oh so you guys own our eyes on the prize okay uh well for my development deal let me do um let me do something with that and she she just took the ip and created a giant promo reel for her and her friends it was like the most like, like i don't use scumbag for females a lot because i feel like it's kind of like a gendered term but she's one of the few real female scumbags i feel like she, she does scumbag. Some yeah. real scumbag stuff sometimes like i just can't believe uh the egregiousness of the stuff that she does like like toasting in front of the mansion on the like a lot of uh, one know, year anniversary know, the reason why is because a lot of times like men be scumbags just out in the open just don't give a fuck you know what I'm yeah saying? just do real bullshit just horrible shit women have to go way out of their way to be scumbags yeah yeah she 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 she, she does like male scumbaggery like just brace yeah 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 she's like she's like she's like creflo dollar it's like when they had creflo dollar on cnn and they were questioning him about why do you need a five million dollar private jet and he had some excuse and then they go why do you need a rolls royce and this motherfucker really said so we can take some of the elderly people grocery shopping motherfucker (laughs) you're crazy <laughs> yeah, yeah. She said that she, with a straight fucking face. Yeah, she says crazy shit too. Like, like, like she said that. Um, she said that uh, tax returns trigger her and cause Trump. <laughs> yeah. So that's why she couldn't account for her taxes, and you know, and it's like okay. <laughs> You gotta that's make what up Al your Capone mind. said too. <laughs> yeah, you gotta make up your mind because you can't say that you guys deserve to be in the front lines and you do all the work and black men are the weakest links and all this stuff. But then you also want to pretend to be fragile and be like, yeah, tax returns are too hard for me. I'm like, okay, there's like little old white ladies running nonprofits who can do nonprofit tax returns. Like if you're like yeah. this warrior class that is uh, black excellence and all this stuff and deserve to lead, you can't turn around and say you can't pull out tax returns like make yeah, up your yeah, mind yeah, like, is yeah, it yeah, Wally yeah. or one mic are you guys like the hyper qualified super warrior class that you know does all the work and everyone loafs off while you do everything because 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 remember that clip from that show that we share we're talking about that show um that one that what was it what was it called the get down or something where, oh, where the bus down the bus down that is scene talking about you know uh they worked it into the into the comedy show about oh, oh yeah. you know, black men didn't do anything during the oh, they talk about how shiftless black men are yeah how they didn't do yeah. anything during the protest movement it was black women doing all the work all black men oh yeah was was and tweet and, 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 wait but even deeper than that remember they were all standing around drinking 40s yeah they're all standing around drinking 40s it's a funny thing but then when stuff like this happens they always start self-infantilizing they always start saying yeah. stuff like oh uh 
you can't expect uh, black people to do tax returns. You know, we're locked out of systems of power. Uh, you know, yeah. it's crazy. Like, like there was that um, black woman who was caught plagiarizing. I think it was Umi Bello or something. She was. Oh, yeah. Or at Harvard or whatever. She tried, uh, she tried to contact Harvard. No, no, no. I don't think she contacted Harvard. But she was she was from some program um, where she graduated, with, I think, with some MFA or something. I could be wrong. But she eventually got a book deal. And and um they found out she plagiarized a whole bunch of stuff. Then she did an apology letter. Then they found out she plagiarized the apology letter for the oh my plagiar- fucking god plagiarism. And then all these um I can't say black blue checks anymore because blue checks are something different now. After, yeah, it doesn't um, exist anymore. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what to I don't know what to call. I, I guess I could call the 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 untalented tenth. The, all the untalented yeah. tenth people started defending her by like people like Roxanne Gay and all these people started saying stuff like. Well, you know, uh, you got to realize these white editors, you know, people, marginalized people of color don't understand plagiarism rules and the editors should have known and protect. And it's the whole thing about, you know, I always say um, social justice types act like um, you're supposed to be ready to run out with the mattress anytime you jump out the window. And if if you don't protect them from themselves by having a mattress ready, you're actively oppressing them. This is exactly the type of logic that was happening with with these people they were saying that it was the fault of white people uh above her to not protect her from her own plagiarizing you know and it's like okay you can't claim black excellence on one hand and claim that all the white people in your industry are got that because of mediocrity but you have to be twice as good but then you know when you get busted for not being able to adhere to the bare minimum which is don't plagiarize now you're saying well you know we're 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 black what do you uh expect imagine when that guy was losing to the black male study people online um in terms of data and then he said um we descended from slaves you know so it's a white supremacist construct to use data like you know i remember that (laughs) (laughs) i definitely remember that (laughs) Yeah, you can't have it that way. You can't claim that black people are like, you know, well, black people in your group, you don't think the way about all black people. You think about black people in your particular tribe or these hyper-qualified, uh, Google is free, uh, we know everything and you don't, and you got to read these books, you know? We're not here. To, we're here to educate you until you ask us for data, at which point we're not here to educate you. That's, uh, that's the kryptonite. That's kryptonite. Yeah. So you say, well, what do you have? What evidence do you have to back it up? Oh, my God, I can't. In other words, we have, the privilege to be, we have the privilege to be dumb when we want to be dumb yeah. right. and you know, smart when we want to be smart. You know what I'm saying? Right, but that, but that's the but that's the bed that has been made and has been allowed for these scammers to get away with this stuff. Because like I said before, when you bring up the fact that these people have stole millions of dollars, the, the first thing they'll say is, oh, you just want black women to be poor. <laughs> Motherfucker, you have literally gave them your wallet. <laughs> you literally said, here, take my wallet. And then you'll come back to us and say, man, I can't believe they took that. What are you talking about? Like, like, it's at the point to where if you bring up taxes and things like that, and th- th- this is how crazy these people are. They'll create a way to make you believe that black men is the reason why we got to do our taxes. <laughs> As if only black men do taxes. We're the only ones that have to do taxes. Black women have never had to do taxes ever in the history of taxes. You something know what I'm saying? That's weird. how crazy it is. And someone will believe it. Something weird that happens with these people sometimes, right, is if you're on YouTube and you see like these, because you get forced to watch sometimes um 
actually not sometimes, a lot of times, like white people or right-wing people to get the information because the mainstream media has carried so much water for Black Lives oh, Matter. Man. Like, like yeah. if Trump, if Trump does, I'm not defending Trump for anybody who goes there in the comments. Uh, I'm not defending Trump. But if Trump does the slightest thing, they're ready to scrutinize every single thing he does. But um, Black Lives Matter, even after all this has happened, 90% of the mainstream media will not cover it. Like, she has these new art exhibits now. Her big thing is uh, doing um, installations and, and exhibitions of art. It, it's, it's, it's really bad art, right? But they cover the stories and they interview her. I've been reading the recent interviews and they still will not bring up the houses at, at yeah. all, which is like amazing. I was like, I can't believe you're still acting like this didn't happen. I thought you would have been shamed into, you know, covering for them uh, yeah. going forward. But no, they're still they're still carrying that that water and it just blows blows my mind but um what's really interesting is you have to watch a lot of times or read a lot of white or right-wing publications to get a lot of this information right mm-hmm. and you start seeing them where and we're not talking about right-wing extremists we're not talking about the yeah. storm front and all this weird shit we're just talking about conservative yeah yeah but um you start seeing this weird thing happen where the black side of the argument is saying all the stuff that hardcore racists usually say about black people. And then the white, uh, white, right wing people are defending the capabilities of black people in in this bizarre world. Cause they'll be like, plenty of black people can do taxes. You know, Uh, this idea that black people aren't smart enough to do this is, is insane. And then, you know, uh, on the black side, they'll be like, no, black people cannot do taxes. And, you know, they can't, um, run these agencies, or they can't not no, they'll, plagiarize. They'll, they'll, they'll word, they'll word, they'll word salad their way out of it. Well, not, never that they word salad their way out of it, but they're making the case about black inferiority right. to white people, while, while the while the white racist is the one who's actually defending black capabilities. Like you know, oh, black people. You can totally uh, figure out how not to plagiarize. There's plenty of good black writers. It's like, this is so weird. I think, yeah. I think both sides of that are, are hella disingenuous. Oh, by totally, the way. totally. It's totally yeah. disingenuous. But I, that's, that's my point. Like, you end up in this bizarre world where to win an argument, people are like, arguing against the positions that they probably really believe yeah that's that's insane to me man that's just, that's just so insane to me dude that is insane you know it's yeah, like yeah because yeah, i want i want to make clear i don't think the white right right wingers are sincere with this great love of black capability i just think no, it's kind no, of, no, funny of course not just lying about what they believe just so, so, so the, the right, black wingers are like right. there's plenty of intelligent I, like, I, I know you don't believe black people are that smart you know but, but they're like caping for black people now and, and then the the activists are like going jumping out the window to talk about all the things black people are too dumb to, dumb to do I'll, I'll say it like this like we talk about all these great black inventors and all these inventions that we don't get credit for right and so the white supremacists come along they say hey you know what yeah you guys you know what you're right you guys are that smart as a matter of fact, you guys are smart enough to not need assistance to do anything in there. But no, 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 hold on. No, we're not. No, we're not. We're not. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. Uh, you, you should look up her art. Her art. Uh, she's getting this glowing coverage for her art. And this is why. I really can tell that white liberals don't really care that she's a scammer, that they just, I think they they like her because she's a scammer, because she's not going to change the status quo, because the way these white liberals are still going to her art exhibits and stuff, 
you would think they'd be mad because they were some of the biggest donators to Black Lives Matter. And the fact that she still has like a, a driving art career in like white liberal circles makes me and they're, they're well, putting I think it her, might be it might be a little bit of 5D chess going on here. See, they might be white liberals, but they also are not in favor of black progress. Oh, they totally. don't mind. They don't mind her having her little bullshit, fake art, whatever the etch a sketch or whatever the fuck shit is and donating a couple of dollars here and there because it ain't going nowhere. Yeah, you yeah, it, exactly. They get to feel like they're not racist, but they also are not donating money to their own social demise, you know, when right, they give it to right. her. That's a fact. Right. Yeah. yeah. That's a fact. As a matter of fact, I can tell you personally, man, we've had this conversation many times, but some of the greatest um, opposition to actual real tangible results, and I'm speaking about schools, but, you know, I always say the, the school system is a microcosm of, of, you know, society in general. And, you know, some of the big Biggest opposition came from white liberals. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Yes. As a matter yes. of fact, yes. some of our greatest gains came from a couple of conservatives, which yes. is interesting. Yes. Yes. And I'll give you a perfect example. I have, you guys know I work in site schools or whatever, right? So I noticed, but I started noticing it. It almost reminded me of like the Twilight Zone or something because I was in, I was at work one day and I started noticing all these black kids were all in these classes and it was like labeled as TA. And I was like, TA, what the fuck are they a teacher's assistant for? So I'm on my computer. I started doing a little bit of digging and I was like, well, let me look at these kids' grades. All of these kids had horrible grades. I'm like, why are they in TA classes? Like they need to be in real classes. You know what I'm saying? And it's because it's the, I forgot what the term of it is, but it's the the uh, lowered expectation of these students. It's almost like we don't have any expectations for them, but we're not going to get on them because we just want to hurry up and get them out of here. So we'll mm. put them in these certain, these positions of TA classes. And really when I, they're in TA classes, all they do is walk around the hallways because I, I can't, ass all the time. I can't believe I'm about to quote this motherfucker, but oh my God, I think George W. You just called it the the soft bigotry of lower expectations. There you go. There you go. There you go. The soft bigotry of lower expectation, where you ain't calling them a nigga, but you pretty much are treating their brains like they're nothing but these little poor ass little niggas that ain't gonna never amount to shit, ain't gonna never have shit. And I don't want to press them because I don't want to be leaked at as a racist. If I press them, they're gonna call me a racist. And I've had these conversations with these people and I'm like, bro, that's your job. So you're not gonna do your job because you're worried that a kid is gonna call you a racist because you're you're gonna have high expectations for him? Right. And see, that's comfortable for them in the short term, but in the long term, the whole that's society the gets climbing through your goddamn window. Right. You know what I'm saying? And I've had uh, this conversation. I, I look around I'm like, man, is this a Twilight Zone or something? Hey. Yeah, that's the motherfucker that you're going to be annoyed with that mm-hmm. uh, is setting up a tent in front of your favorite Walmart or some mm-hmm. shit. You know what I mean? But they oh, don't they don't take that. Throw the catalytic converter off your damn car. Exactly. <laughs> you know, something um, crazy is like so they actually spent more money than they raised. They're actually down negative um, nine million. Yeah. She said to scammer, right? Like, uh, so actually, before I go there, going back to the Warner Brothers deal. So it was a two year deal. The deal recently closed and they reportedly didn't renew it. It expired in October 2022 and it did not res- result in any uh produce shows unless you count that one um special but even that special was really supposed to be a preview for a long form eyes on the prize they were supposed to do that's supposed to be more of a real documentary about themselves and that that never uh, materialized so she basically um even the entertainment thing like was basically a scam like like she did not uh deliver on on that it's like how do you never intended to yeah how do you go through life just scamming and scamming and not expecting anything to happen but i think um 
people were saying that, oh, she's a smart scammer. But when you see how she acts and the stuff she does, like having that really tacky toast session outside the mansion that they bought with the um, donations and recording it on YouTube. And somebody made a great point to me. They were like, even if that mansion wasn't bought with ill-gotten gains, the toast was still tacky. Even yeah. if they did it like, you know, in a park, like like they were toasting one year anniversary of um, George Floyd's death. Like it was a great event. You know, and to them it was because they got a bonanza of money off of it. But they were openly, basically celebrating like they did something great for George Floyd. But really, right. they're just celebrating what a great year they made off of um, his death. But but what they did was, which is crazy, they had all their friends had their own consultancies, these anti-racist consultancies. And then they paid all the different friends, including one guy, Shanamaya Bowers or something, $2 million to his consultancy. This friend had a consultancy and they can't show any work that these friends um did for the consult did for the consultancy. You know, they just um yeah, so I mean that's a hell of a of a come up, but I'm trying to think what are you gonna be able to do with for the rest of your life or your whole legacy? Like, you know, this is gonna be what you're gonna be um They'll fade. They'll fade away eventually because something else is going to happen, you know. And that's what that's what a lot of people are banking on is that the people, the supporters, they know that they can keep doing this because you know the 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 news cycle is going to switch up. Like something's going to happen in society to where we're going to have to move on. Yeah, there's going to be another group that's going to come up. You know what I mean? Except it's going to be different this time because trust me, as much as a lot of people don't want to believe it, there's meetings going on fucking right now how to create the next one. Yeah, you know totally. I'm, I'm not trying to be an all conspiracy theorist, but this is the real shit. This is how. This is how these organizations come up. They don't come from the grassroots. They come from board meetings. Down. Yeah. Yeah. They're from the top down. You know what I'm saying? So when the next thing happens, and it might not be about police violence, it might be something else. There's going to be another group. They call people like that uh, grass tops, um, yeah. fake grassroots that are installed from the top. So instead of being the root, they're the top of the grass. Uh, yeah. They just put on top of the soil. Um, yeah, but the fertilizer. One thing I find pretty interesting, right, is that people were trying to defend her by saying, oh, um, she bought that stuff with money from her entertainment stuff, not from the, <laughs> the donations. But A, all her entertainment stuff came from pretending to be an activist. So her activism um, still led to um, this this money, right? But number two, even the entertainment stuff was a scam because she never yeah. delivered any entertainment. So. Never delivered anything. I remember they were saying that so too like, because she had scam. the Warner Brothers deal. I remember that. Yeah. So one way or the other, those houses were gotten um, via scam scam so uh whatever i don't i don't know but yeah it's it's just it's just funny to um see all these these uh stories uh torin appeared on the panel torin walker appeared on the panel with uh one of the black lives matter lady in the toast and he brought up the the money this and, was a few days ago right yeah yeah it was a few it was a few days ago and she just smooth talked around it with the word salad answer and didn't uh say anything about uh matter of fact while you guys talk i'm gonna try to find the clip and play it because it's, it's a pretty funny clip she did a really good job of totally not answering the question yeah no i saw it uh he posted on his twitter and i thought it was very interesting because i was like she didn't really say anything and he had to keep reiterating
reiterating the question that he was asking. And the questions he was asking was, hey, there's these people are asking where this money is at. And it's starting to look like you guys kind of stole a little bit, a little hot, hit a little under the mattress. Uh, where's the money at? And she kept on talking about how, well, I'm I was boots on the ground. You know, they love that. <laughs> that's that's a new term. They love that. Boots on yeah, the yeah. ground, you know. Yeah, she's just jargoning her way <laughs> out of the uh, answer. She just said, I'm just going to jargon my way out of this thing. And uh, she just kept doing all these terms, front lines, boots, boots on the ground. Boots on the ground, yeah. It's like, what did I do with the money? Like, what are you, what are you even talking about? And right. uh, that's the one skill I will give them for having. They know how to just beat you into submission, you know, with, uh, you know, we're busy disrupting and being a disrupting force and using our boots in the ground to be in the front line to, uh, you know, bring a change. And, 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 to, and to say, I don't want to interrupt you too, but yeah, yeah. for the people thinking, if you don't think they rehearse shit like that, you're out of your mind. They absolutely do rehearse stuff like this. I've seen people at school board meetings rehearse certain things because they already know what the questions are going to be before they get there. They rehearse this stuff over and over and over again. There's a playbook that these people read from and it's the same Hail Mary throw. And the funny yeah. thing is they catch it every goddamn time. But you know what's crazy? They don't even have to know what the questions are beforehand mm -hmm. because these are one size fits all answers. Because these answers, yeah, don't, exactly. answer, these answers exactly. don't actually address any questions. <laughs> these yes. answers are, yes. hold on, hold on. I, th I think I found out how to play it. So tell me if you guys can hear it. This is this is pretty funny. All out some of these things that he got. Wait, yeah, I can, hear, I can hear it. Okay, I just gotta back it up. Silence. This is on Instagram. Instagram is notoriously bad for navigating. Um, because I couldn't oh, yeah, find you can't it. Move videos back or nothing. It's just weird. Yeah, yeah. So let me just refresh it. And okay, so here we go. Um, we're we're nine years deep into this now. Um, ever since Ferguson started, um, there were brothers like Darren Seals and people who were on the ground who would call out some of these things, and he got silenced. There were people who were close to the people who were connected to the ground who talked about these issues, and he either got silenced or they either got marginalized or pushed completely out the way. Nobody said anything. And all of a sudden, after people in other cities have said this, this said, has said they had these conversations as well. Again, nobody said anything. Nobody had anything to say until all of a sudden the story came out about $90 million and nobody said anything about. And people saw houses and mansions getting built. So my question is, what's happening now to make people so upset about the leadership that people weren't listening to nine years ago? And why is what, what's happening today? Sure. So we're actually um, uh, stepping into 10 years. Black Lives Matter was birthed July 13th, 2013, which is the day that George Zimmerman was acquitted in the murder of Trayvon Martin. Um, so we've been doing this work. Um, people like me who've been on the ground since day one, who were people who were in Ferguson, who were people who were in, um, you know, Baltimore and Los Angeles and all of the plates, places that you saw uprising, right? Who were people who were just regular folks. Um, I'm just a mama. I'm a mama of three kids. I never took a check. Right. Um, we've been. I was just saying real quick. Right. One thing these people do that's very clever. They're good at lying without lying. And um, Patricia Cullors used to do this, too. She would say, I never took a salary. I never took yeah. a check. Yeah. And she's technically being right. Like these people should be lawyers because uh, she's technically being right. What she doesn't tell you is she and her. um um. I don't know if it's wife or husband. I don't. The person is trans, and I don't want to get it wrong. What they identify as, 
Um, but uh, she and her, her partner, she, she and her partner, her spouse, uh, did this consultancy, and it was an anti-racist consultancy. And Black Lives Matter paid the consultancy and different organizations that they founded that they were the head of a bunch of money. So she wasn't lying. She didn't personally get a check directly to her. Her but her company got the money, and she put she, she took the wallet. She took she took her wallet and put it in one pocket and took it out and put it in the other pocket. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So she's slick, you know, like, like, so she, she didn't directly get the money as in, in her name, but her company got it, which is even worse because then you can finagle it through taxes mm-hmm. and uh, keep more of it. She took it just straight up personally. She had to pay regular income tax, but if it's her company's income tax, she can do a bunch of tax write-offs against it. And it's a nonprofit and she can do all this stuff and actually keep more of it. So uh, the reality is actually worse than the part that she's denying, but she's hoping. You know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of um, when back in the days before people knew what Brazilian butt lips were, people used to ask Kim Kardashian, you know, have you, is your butt fake? And she would be like, I've never had butt implants. <laughs> and uh <laughs> she technically wouldn't be lying because she did not lie yeah and she did this big thing in the news where they x-rayed her butt mm-hmm. uh and they put up the x-rays of her butt and she stands in front of them she goes here here's proof i've never had butt implants and at the time they really didn't know what uh brazilian butt lifts were so they're like people are like well there you go uh her butt is real but a brazilian butt lift doesn't use butt implants it injects fat directly it's a into, fat transfer yeah it's a it's a fat it's a fat transfer and she did the uh patrice cutters and these people do the equivalent of that so i believe this melina abdullah person probably never got a check where they put in the two line of the check payable to melina abdullah but exactly she definitely got money some somehow and and they're very narrow in their um denials uh do you have anything to say before i hit play no go ahead press play okay say oh and also if you need to interject anything just start talking i hit pause for sure things but also i think more importantly we view black lives matter as a movement um so i've been um less vocal about what's been happening inside of Black Lives Matter that I frankly have nothing to do with. I don't know about the, I do now, but at the moment, at the time, I didn't know anything about dollars coming in or about, um, you know, who's getting paid what. My concern and... Okay, I'm going to say something real quick. How does it let you off the hook? Like, okay, for my job, if I'm put in part of a pro, if I'm put in charge of a project, if it goes wrong, I can't just stop it with, well, hey, I didn't know they were doing that. It's, oh, like, okay. it's like if me, you, and Mario was going to the bank and Mario jumped out, went inside the bank and came back out with a gun and a bag full of money. <laughs> and we're going to be like, oh, 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 I didn't know anything. Like, no, we're all going to prison, bro. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, you're in charge of, you're in charge of that. You know, like, if Mario gets back in the car with a gun and, you know, shares <laughs> the money with us, shares the money right. with us. <laughs> well, I don't know where you got the, I don't know where you got the money from. He just came out with, with a gun and a bag of money. So I just, I just took the money and I, yeah, yeah like, you were in charge. Like, like you can't just say, I, I didn't know. Is like, that what they call the, plausible deniability? Yeah, but not when you're at the top. The buck stops with you. <laughs> you know? right. like, I mean, you can do plausible deniability when it's the 
you're asking the employee what the boss was doing, but you know, the boss doesn't have that excuse. Um, even if the boss really didn't know, the boss is still held held accountable. Like, you know, that's why companies get sued when they have employees that go rogue and and embezzle like client funds, you know, the, because they think that the company should have been on top of it, you know, like yeah, like what is the point of telling us how much you deserve to be in charge of every of anything? If um, you're not accountable, like these people love accountability, that word all the time, except when it applies to them. Suddenly it's like, uh, no, you can't expect me to do anything. Right. Yeah. I saw the money in there in the end of their hands, but I, I it wasn't mine. So I, it wasn't coming to me. <laughs> so I, I didn't really think nothing about it. Yeah. Like, like, I don't know what you want from me. I'm only like, you know, the third in charge, you know, like, yeah. I don't know why you expect, I should know where the money's going, you know, it's fucking crazy. <laughs> yeah, it's like, what the hell? And what I felt to be my sacred duty was to do work that makes the world safer for my children. And so when you're talking about people saying things, I think people were saying things, but more importantly, I think that the people, the boots on the ground were most concerned with doing something most concerned about doing something we know just understanding okay i'm gonna say well does it goes that word boots on the ground boots on the ground i'm gonna say so it's like i wasn't concerned with the money and all that stuff because we we're concerned with doing something well first off you need money to do stuff yeah. so how could you be concerned with doing stuff and not be concerned with with money if you're doing anything real right but all they're doing is going around with signs and yelling so yeah so who paid for it yeah and also that doesn't cost that much i guess you know because right. the actual stuff you're doing doesn't cost much so you're able to put all the money into housing you know or whatever but yeah it's like what did you do you can't just keep saying that if if you couldn't keep track of money either money coming in or money going out because you were so busy doing stuff you were busy doing stuff to the point that you lost track of 90 million dollars you better be doing something incredible like was a single law changed what, like, what did you accomplish? I feel like nobody pushes back. People let them say stuff like that all the time. Like we were um, disrupting and doing stuff and we um, brought awareness to this issue. It's like, okay, no, what did you do? What tangible, what can we look at today that didn't exist before you guys got in the game that we can say, damn, black, black. See, like, that, and that's the thing. If, if, I would, if they would have said, or if they had evidence that they had built a 150 uh, unit apartment complex for single women, single mothers, whatever, you know, that would be, you know, because sometimes I believe all rich people do this shit. Even when you got a scam going, sometimes you got to make the scam look right in order to yeah, get the exactly. scam going. They didn't do none of that shit. They said, fuck single mothers, fuck kids. We're going to build this shit for ourselves. Yeah, and then we're going to do, do toast in your face. You know what I mean? They didn't do any decoy projects or no. anything, you know, like, like even, even drug dealers have like, you know, a decoy businesses and launder stuff. Like he can't oh, just yeah. uh, the drug dealer's sure. got a he's got an auto body shop. He's got you know what I'm saying a a, a a fucking boxing gym somewhere that he didn't put some money into like Stringer Bell and fucking uh, Avon yeah. Parkdale. You know some 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 nonprofit, some community nonprofit, just something. Yeah, yeah. yeah like these, even these Rick people, Ross built a movie. He actually had a movie theater. Yeah, these people built built nothing. It's a, a yeah. TikTok house. You know, you know, it's like. <laughs> It's they like, did they did do that huh <laughs> yeah 90 like showing up places and yelling doesn't cost 90 million dollars like no. like like get the fuck out of here i can build signs and historical people for 50 bucks <laughs> yeah exactly a record that it's from the inside that movements most often destroy themselves or, or are destroyed and so it was important to me and many many others 
um, that we continue to do the work and not allow fights from the inside the to destroy a movement. What but I, I hear what you're saying, but my point is this. I understand that there's going to be disagreements. There's going to be situations where people have uh, differences of opinion on how a movement works. I'm saying that the conversations that you're having now, people inside of the movement who broke away from the movement have had these conversations for like the past five to six years, and there was no real movement from the inside to have these conversations. It was like either marginalize these people, shut them up, keep it moving, and nobody said anything. So my question again is, how come it takes something like outside people coming in, like the New York Times and all these quote-unquote non-Black um, information um, portals to be able to start up, have the conversation instead of going to the people who believe in Black Lives Matter and saying, this is what's going on. This is what we're dealing with. This is what we're about instead of waiting for it to happen from the outside. You hear what I'm saying? Because I know people are frustrated about I, that. I hear what you're saying, but I think that maybe um, maybe I'm not sharing it as, as precisely as I'd like to. I, I may not have the correct words. My my position as someone who is just boots on the ground, you know, now I'm director of Black Lives Matter Grassroots and I am boots on the ground, right? My concern is about the struggle rather than exposing. I, I don't want to spend a lot of time um, focusing on what infrastructures look like when our people are literally being gunned down in the streets. And so there goes, there the, goes the pity, there goes the pity and, and the victimization the, right um, there. Criticism is mm -hmm. coming from. It doesn't mean that we've ignored criticisms. There have been um, all kinds of tables created and conversations created. And we I'm so sick of the word you see, you see used, But you see how she used that. You know, I, I don't have time because our people are just dying. <laughs> yep. You know what I'm saying? Like, get the fuck out of here, dude. And we had conversations. Two things like, can be true. We could be dying and y'all could be lying. I'm sick of the conversation industrial complex like we need to have yeah. less conversations I, i'm sick of the word we need to have a conversation about like no <laughs> Wait, more you said the conversation industrial complex <laughs> yeah <it's> like, <laughs> way, everything is we need to have a conversation we need to have a conversation then we have conversations about the conversations it's like no i'm, I'm yeah, yeah fucking yeah. conversation we've talked enough about what you guys are talking about we need to talk about what you're doing now <laughs> yep, right. yep. you know it's like oh. talking to a teenager almost you talk to a teenager and you tell the teenager, hey, man, I thought I told you to take out the garbage. And then they give you all this stuff about what they had to do. You'd be like, motherfucker, I'm talking about the garbage. Right. You know what I'm saying? Why are we talking about how you went to the store and your shoe was untied and you <laughs> then you saw a car accident happen and a dog got hit? No, you weren't even supposed to be at the store. You're supposed to be taking out the garbage. Right. Know? So that and that's how they what, what do they call that? Filibustering or but at least that excuse is related to what you're talking about because they're trying to say, wait, when I was supposed to be doing the chores, I was doing this. What she's doing is almost more irrelevant. It's like, hey, um, you know, why did you go to the store and do this? Uh, no, why, why didn't you do this errand? Uh, have you heard about our Lord Savior Jesus Christ? It's like this came in a total cur curveball. Like, like <laughs> she's not even talking about the money at all. Like he's asking about the money and the, and the thing. She's like, well, you know, I've been on the ground. So like, what does you being on the ground have to do with <laughs> where the money went? Like, what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why are we here in this babble? <laughs> yeah, this babble came out well, of nowhere. Exactly I, I believe like babble. Yeah, yeah. It's like ten. Tangentially related babble. It's not even directly <laughs> related to his question type of babble. Like she's putting him in a position of having to keep restating the question because yeah. she knows that these 
segments only last and so he was, long. And he was pretty exactly because he was pretty damn clear about his question. But but you just said it. She knows that this interview is only going to last for about six or seven minutes. So mm-hmm. let me just keep saying the same thing nine times, nine different ways. And then we'll just and eventually he'll have to say, all right, thank you. And I'll talk to you later. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Calls created to address what you're talking about. But my primary work and for many of us, I'm thinking about Mama Paula and the Josephs and people like Marquel Bridges. Our primary work is really doing the work rather than um, simply addressing criticisms of the way the but work you, is moving. You do. You, but I'm, I, I want you to what I'm trying to get you to understand is this. People from the outside, and, I'm, and let me preface it by saying this. My background is in journalism. I was working, I was writing for Huffington Post when all this stuff was going on. I was in Ferguson. I was in some of these cities. I saw this stuff up close. When you have people who are... One thing he said, it's a very casual slip, but I think it's a, it's a dangerous trap. I'm trying to make you understand. The problem is she has no trouble understanding. <laughs> like, yeah, no, that's not that. That's not her issue. Yeah, yeah. Comprehension is not her issue. She, see, well, she see, understands what happened- all too well. So what has happened is, and I don't even know if he knows it, he went from asking questions to trying to teach her something. They don't want to be taught anything. She already mm-hmm. knows what you're talking about, bro. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And you're deviating yep. away from, see, what happened is, she, what, what happened was her conversation exhausted him. So now he's deviating away from the point, and now he didn't put himself into it, talking about what he did, and that's just wasting time. That's wasting more time when he should just stuck to what, honestly, at this point, he should just ask, so you're not going to answer the question. <laughs> but you know i can't see what because you know he probably doesn't want to look like he's attacking her or badgering badgering her because then then she's gonna start crying and then they're gonna be like oh the black men are attacking or whatever you know so i i think he might be trying to um get the answer with honey instead of um with with hot sauce you know he, he, say instead of hot sauce yeah 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 but nothing's gonna work you can use a, any approach with this woman she's gonna just jargon you um to to death exactly exactly that's all he was gonna get out of that conversation is word salad boots on the ground Mama, whoever, and the names yeah. of dead black men. It's the same. It's the same place. It's the same Hail Mary. Bro, Black Lives Matter literally throws Hail Marys on first down and catches them for touchdowns <laughs> all the time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, they don't even think about running the ball. Fuck it. Everybody runs streaks. I'm going to throw it 70 yards down the field. Just catch it. And they catch it every time. You know? Yeah. They, they, they have an offensive line of like uh, 500 people in the oh media. Oh, my God. In the media. <laughs> so, so, so they can just take their time, you know, pick. <laughs> their Hail Mary pass. It's like uh, so much of the media and everything is just so covering for them. You know? Oh my God. That's why they got so shocked when that New York Magazine article came out because their whole tactic was as long as no mainstream liberal things talk about us, we don't care if it's New York Post. We don't, don't care matter. if it's Washington Times, Washington Free Beacon, because yeah. we can always just explain it away by just saying right wing this, right wing that. They're racist, white wing that. Yeah. yeah. But when like a black person in New York Magazine wrote about it, that caused a lot of problems, you know, because uh, right. then a lot of liberals started paying attention. Like, OK, uh, I just hand waved it away when, when it was in New York Post. But now it's in New York Magazine. And that's what kind of fucked them up. They didn't expect uh, ever to. And I think that's why they were so sloppy with it, because they just didn't think they had to be tight with it because they had so much institutional uh, pr- protection. Right. And they got caught with their with their with their um, pants down. With and it got to the down, yeah. yeah. It, it got to the point that uh, this guy Van Lathan, 
and I like Van Lathan before, but lately he's been jumping out the window for these people way too often. He he started discrediting um, on his podcast. He started discrediting the author and saying, you know, that he's secretly a right wing plant or a tool, or yeah. even if it's true, it should be kept um, in house among black people and that wow. the laundry should and all this crazy stuff. And wow. Just, yeah. And another excuse I've been hearing is, oh, those articles are bad because it's confusing black lives matter the local chapter with the national which is not true he makes it clear it's not true at all yeah he makes it very clear yeah but also if the head organization is scams it's not my job and this is another example of i'm supposed to run out the window with the mattress i'm not supposed to run out into the street with a mattress to protect you from yourself when you jump out the window or i'm impressing you it's not on me to work around the fact that you're still choosing to share a name with a corrupt parent organization. Yeah, because you could like, easily change the name to something else. Yeah, just change the name. Like, you know, you know, like if if I if I uh, used to work for Bernie Madoff and I had like a local uh, chapter of Bernie Madoff's um, investment scam and it was like. Bernie Madoff and Associates, Brooklyn, you know, and then I keep writing to the paper. I'm sick of these Bernie Madoff stories because my organization, when I used to work under Bernie Madoff, it's still called Bernie Madoff and Associates, Brooklyn. Right. And people are going to confuse. It's like, look at just why are you so called Bernie Madoff and Associates? No one's yeah. making you keep that fucking name. Like, you know, you can easily instead of being called Black Lives Matter, you can solve the the, uh, the black community of lives or whatever the fuck you want to come up with. But yeah. the simple fact you're using that name because it's for clout that's why yeah, you still use exactly black lives matter cincinnati um left left and they were the first ones that were called out this bullshit and they changed their name like like no problem you know yeah yeah, yeah. Two thirds of the organizations have left Black Lives Matter. They have less than like a third of the locals they had. So why are we supposed to dance around and worry about these people who don't even care enough to distance themselves from the shit? Like you know, right? Yeah. No, you go down with the risking shit. Their li- yeah, exactly. Lives and risking their freedom to go ahead and protest against for Black people and Black lives, and then all of a sudden when something happens to them, or they end up getting years in prison, like someone like Josh Williams and Ferguson, or you see people who are actually doing you know getting injured when people are getting shot in the eye with beanbag bullets and things like this and they look for somebody to bring aid to them or they're looking for somebody to deal with like you know legal aid to get them out of prison or legal aid or hospitals to take care of their bills and they're risking everything and they see people pulling in 90 million dollars off the death of a black man who died in the street two of them actually michael brown and george floyd and they see millions hundreds of 90 million dollars at least that we know of coming into an organization and then we don't hear anything when they want accountability and he's- that was very good when he said that's good that, yeah that we know of that was yeah. a very good thing to do because he reminded what we we're talking about before that remember this 90 million is just a part of it don't think it's that's the whole just deal. it's a piece of it yeah mm-hmm. yeah overall i think he did pretty, pretty no good. he did really well he did really well and i think he also yeah i think he also knew that they were gonna give him you know that she was gonna just pretty much blow smoke you know what yeah I'm yeah she wasn't gonna give you any real i mean why would she implicate herself yeah yeah you know exactly and and i think just by showing how she filibustered he basically won uh even if he, even if he didn't get a direct answer the filibustering said everything 
there's 20 seconds left. So I let me see if she gave any final answer. Let's see. People are still struggling. And then the next thing you know, we see people dancing in the street and we see them um, popping champagne on a, on a mansion in front of a, uh, on a desk at a mansion. You have to understand that's a disconnect between people who are living hand in the mouth but still believe in black lives and the people who are supposed to be the leadership for these organizations. And then when you try to get answers, nobody says anything. That's what the point I'm trying to make. There's so, a serious disconnect. I've been waiting. To- yeah, so I don't know what came after that. That's the end of the clip. But but I heard Roland Martin's voice coming in. So I'm assuming Roland Martin. Uh, I heard a, heard a male voice. I don't know. Yeah, I think it was on was. Roland. I think it was Roland Martin. I can't. I don't remember. It yeah, it was. It was, it was. I was on Roland Martin, but I don't know if he had a guest host or if it was him because I don't see. Oh, his okay. face. I, I don't see his face. I'm shocked. Roland Martin actually let that conversation happen. Yeah, I'm surprised. That's too. why I'm shocked because you know I don't pay attention to Roland Martin, but last I heard, Roland Martin be the first one to start trying to blame black men for trying to attack black women just by because they're asking questions and you know we yeah. didn't see Roland Martin do a whole lot of you know shuffling of the feet alright y'all so that is the end of part one go to again patreon.com forward slash champagne sharks or click the link in the show notes to get part two be good <laughs> <laughs>